And we're back with episode 37 of Dog Football Weekly. It's your host, Reed, with the co-host. Russ. And today, Russ, take two already of this podcast. Our first one just got paused. But, you know, tell us a little bit about that Pacelli game Friday. Tell us, tell me just big-time win for the Hornets. Just tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, well, we came into the game. We were number 10 in the state, and Pacelli was number one or two, depending on what uh, – Oh, you look at and uh, the Hornets came out with a big upset and showed the world what we're about. We're planning on doing it in the playoffs this week, so um, just go Hornets, man. Yeah, I hear that. Well, Russ, as we're sitting here right now, college football playoff polls are coming out once again on Tuesday night. Georgia comes in again as number two. Just tell me kind of your initial thoughts on that, What, how much emphasis you put on that and kind of what you think of that. Well, I think I think it's kind of a a complex situation. Uh, Georgia has not proven that they are not the number one team, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, so the poll doesn't mean too much to me, other than uh, Kirby Smart is going to use that as motivation for his players that they, that they don't think you're good enough. And we got to go show them. Um, but yeah, I don't put too much emphasis on that because, in my opinion, the whole thing is really just some some group's opinion on who's better. And you take Georgia out of number one for what reason? You yeah. know. Well, I you know there's the committee. You know the, we talked about this a little bit. But the committee's kind of main reasoning is, oh, well, you know, you look at Ohio State and what they've accomplished and where they played, you know, strength of schedule and all that. And I think that's, you know, that's valid. That's a true statement. Ohio State has two big-time wins. And, you know, they went to South Bend and they won a big-time game. But, you know, I'm looking at it right now right in front of me. Why is Florida State at four? Why is Michigan – why is Florida State at four instead of three or even two? And why is Washington at five? Because they have two big wins. Texas – should be – I mean, you can make the case if it's all about resume and what you've accomplished, Texas should be up there too, even though they have one loss. I mean, so there's all sorts of things that I think are wrong with this poll. I think it's inconsistent, and I don't think it's an accurate representation of the best teams in the country. I think if I had to go with the best teams and the most dangerous teams right now, I'd probably go Georgia one, Michigan two, Florida State three, Alabama four. Those are my four teams right now that make me go. That I'm like, wow, these are the four best teams. Yeah, I mean, again, I just don't know how you can take a team that has not lost <laughs> in so long and and just take them out of number one spot for for beating what number twelve Missouri. Yeah, they and number twelve. I mean, yeah, it was, and it's a good. I mean, Missouri. It was. It wasn't a blowout game. It was a close ball game, and Missouri played well. I didn't think you know as we're just kind of moving into Missouri talk. You know, I I didn't think Georgia played their best game by any means. I thought, but I thought they played fine. I thought you know, I thought Missouri was going to be a grind game. I thought it was going to be a game where you really kind of just have to. I mean, you're not going to be able to blow Missouri out. Missouri's a tough team to beat because they don't do anything wrong. And so when a team's not turning the ball over or giving you extra chances 
And I know Missouri had two late turnovers, but they, I mean, Brady Cook has like the longest, had the longest streak all time in the SEC for like pass attempts without an interception. So that's just kind of what I thought about that. Um, Russ, tell me, is there an area on this team that concerns you after watching this Missouri game? Well, you know, like we talked about in the, the first time we did this podcast, but, you know, nobody heard it because we had to redo it. Um, you know, we were talking about corners. Corners right now for Georgia are a big concern, mostly just because we're young. I mean, they're they're great corners. They're very talented. Um, but they're getting picked on a little bit just because of their inexperience. Um a guy, uh, Julian Humphrey, I think he he's one of those guys they picked on him a little bit, but he did come up with a a great stop on third down. Um, really good for momentum for Georgia and, you know, got Georgia the ball back. So that was a a great opportunity for him to show what he's got. And he – I mean, they just got to step up their playing to, uh, to Georgia standards, I would say. I mean – it was tough having a guy like Keely Ringo leave. I mean, obviously, <laughs> you, I said a lot of things about Keely Ringo. Player. <laughs> I thought, I mean, he's a good player. And, you know, it's it's tough to see a guy of that caliber go to the NFL and have some, you know, we got like a redshirt freshman and, what, a redshirt sophomore yeah. or a just sophomore. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna figure it out, and they're gonna be good. I'm just telling you. Yeah, one, you know, I mentioned Dalen Everett and kind of my concerns with him the first time. You know, I feel like we're gonna say that every time now. But um, another thing that's concerning me, Jamon Dumas Johnson is injured right now. Uh, he has a fractured forearm, and but he'll be able to play by Atlanta. Russ, what's really concerning me is that going into this Alabama game. I think Nick Saban, Tommy Reese, and that whole offense kind of figured out this week, hey, you know, we can run the ball with Jalen Milrow. Because Jalen Milrow really hasn't ran the ball well. This year he hasn't ran a lot. And they've been stuck running. You know, they've been running, um, what's the kid's name? Jay, or McClellan, Jason McClellan. And they've ran, you know, they haven't ran the ball well with them. And Milrow really has been sitting back there and they've kind of turned him into a pocket guy. But now – as I'm sitting there and I'm watching this game Saturday, he goes for, what, four rushing touchdowns, 180 yards on the ground? Yeah. I mean, something ridiculous. And, you know, Nick Saban is too good of a coach to go to see something like that and see something like that work and then just go, nah, let's not do it anymore. So I feel like – and I feel like he as a player and a quarterback has developed so much since we've seen him play at Texas. Because after the Texas game, I think a lot of people, including myself, kind of were like, Nah, I kind of wrote Alabama off, I'll be honest. And I kind of thought to myself, you know, that they'll be good, probably 10-2. and two. I, I still thought they could win the East, or I mean the West. But as I'm looking at it right now, I'm thinking, I do not want to play this team. And that's just my honest opinion. I do not want to play Alabama. Yeah. And a little – go back to uh, Dumas Johnson being hurt with a – a forearm injury. I mean, he's a he's a big part of our defense. Obviously, middle linebacker. Um, 
the only thing that makes me a little hopeful is there's a lot of times when he's not on the field. Yeah. I mean, you know, third down situation, stuff like that. He's not – I mean, he's not always on the field. So, you know, whoever's playing behind him, I'm not sure who it is, but they're probably going to come into a role where they've played in a, in a bunch of games and had a pretty good bit of experience. Well, there's there's some good talent behind him. Um, the true freshman, C.J. Allen, he's a guy we played against in 7-on-7 seven seven last year, if you remember, Russ, but absolute tank. <laughs> that, dude's a, that dude's a football player. You know, and I, I'm, I think he's going to be – if he's the guy who steps in and starts, I'm fine with that. Dumas Johnson, to me, the biggest thing you're going to miss isn't his side-to-side, side-to-side movement. Dumas Johnson is a great pass rusher for a linebacker. I mean, he's like N'Kobe Dean level. You remember how N'Kobe Dean used to just blitz up the middle? I mean, yeah. they'd, they'd send N'Kobe Dean up the middle, and there nobody can block him. He's so fast. And Dumas Johnson kind of plays the same way. He's a little bit bigger than N'Kobe. Problem, maybe a hair slower, but I mean, he's still a good football player, and he's he's a great pass rusher. And I think that's what you're going to miss. You know, this week, for some reason, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, "Hey, I'm just not, I'm not too concerned about this game. I'm not concerned about um, Ole Miss because I don't really know. I haven't seen Ole Miss." I think I've seen their best, and I don't think I'm very impressed with it. I think it's going to be a close game going into the half, but I, I, th- I look for Georgia to pull away early in the third quarter. Yeah, well, I'm looking at, you know, I think our offense right now is is meshing pretty good together. I'm not going to say that the absence of Brock Bowers is a, is a good thing, but it's, it's also, you know, getting those guys on the outside more involved. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe well, you lost, their timing better with yeah. Bro- with uh, Carson Beck. Um, you lost Brock, but you got back Lad. So it's kind of yeah, Lad has been a he's came on big of an addition <laughs> so far. Um, well, uh, Dominic Lovett uh, yeah. touchdown against his former team last week. Uh, I think getting him the ball is a really good idea. That dude is really good in open space. And I think just little short routes and letting him run after the catch would be phenomenal for the offense this week. Um, Lad McConkey, obviously, if you need a first down, he's going to find grass, throw it to him. Um, I kind of feel know, like. Delp even yeah. stepping up this week. He's played well. Anyway. Ah, you know, you mentioned Ladd and Dominic Lovett. I kind of feel like those are – they're basically two of the same guys almost. I mean, they're great in space. They find space against zone coverage. I mean, every third down, every time you need a big play, every time you kind of need to stabilize your offense, it kind of feels like it's like where are they, where are they, where are they? You know, they're not always going to rip off an 80-yard touchdown like Brock Bowers, but, I mean, you need them. I mean, they play just as big of a role in your offense – as Brock, because on third downs, Brock, especially as you go towards into the playoff and into the SEC championship and these big time games, Brock's going to get just loads of attention. So to have these guys one on one on the edge or have Dominic in the slot, I mean that's it's such a big bonus for this team. Um, one of the guys that I'm kind of hoping you know will kind of turn it on, um, Rara Thomas. He's played a good bit. 
You know, he's kind of some games he's playing, some weeks he's not playing as much. You know, I don't really understand. I don't know why. I don't know what has been holding him back. I think part of it is he's just not used to the schemes at UGA and not really comfortable yet in the system. But when he's out there, I mean, he's a star. He's a get-open yeah, guy. I'd like to see them get get him more involved. I mean, he's a star receiver that needs to be on the field as much as he can be out there. I mean, and he's a, a playmaker. He's a phenomenal athlete. And when you talk about your downfield guys to attack downfield, I think Ra-Ra is your guy. You know, I think Rosemary Jack Saint's a great receiver. Arian Smith has his speed. But, I mean, your guys to go up and get the ball for you, it's, it's Ra-Ra. Yeah, and I also uh, Carson Beck is. I, I thought he played a. I mean, he his numbers and stuff were were pretty pretty average. But personally, I think he's playing the best football he's ever played right now. I mean, really throwing the football well, in my opinion. I to build on what you said, I think he's really came into his own as a quarterback. I think he's found his. His niche is rhythm, and I think he's, you know, figured out what he's got to do as a quarterback for this offense because, I mean, you could tell. He even said it before the season, you know, he's nervous, didn't really know his role, didn't know what was really expected of him, and now he kind of understands what he's got to do every week. And, I mean, he's putting up – I mean, if there's a word to describe him, it is level and it is consistent. He's not gonna yeah. go. He's not gonna bomb you for six touchdowns and four hundred yards and run all over you like Caleb Williams, and you know a guy who's gonna run run for four touchdowns like Jalen Miro. But he's not gonna go nine for twenty five with three picks and one hundred and ten yards and take eight sacks. You know, and I that's mean, he's just playing solid to to what he needs to do for us to win. I mean. And that's all we can ask of. And I and I think is I think him and his almost I think how solid he's played, just kind of how steady he's played, has helped this offense just get in their groove and all right, let's go, let's go, let's go. Because you know, at the beginning of the year, this offense was struggling. Everybody was kind of like, I you know, I didn't know really what we were what, what to expect and what to see from them. But I mean, they're playing. They're playing some great football right now. Mike Bobo has this offense rolling. Um, and once they get Brock back, I mean, sky's the limit for this team. But, Russ, I know I don't want to look too far ahead, but as we near Atlanta and near another rematch against Nick Saban, just tell me kind of what you think about a game with them. I think – that that game is going to be one of the most anticipated games of I mean ever because if Jalen Milrow keeps playing to the standards he's playing at, I mean he's he may tear up the Georgia defense. I mean really, really and truly, uh, we had some problems this week with uh, what's that, what's that quarterback's name? Some Cook or something. Yeah, Brady Cook. Brady Cook. We had some problems with him this week running the ball. Um, but obviously we'll be more schemed for, for Jalen Milrow, obviously. But 
you know, I think it'd be really anticipated. And I think that Georgia, to win that game, they're going to have to start winning the, the, the line of scrimmage a lot better than they're doing right now. Um, yep. O-line play has got to be better. Defensive line play, they have to get pressure on the quarterback. I mean, any any college quarterback can sit in the pocket and throw the ball and be successful. So, you know, Georgia's got to change some things up if they want to beat Alabama. I think it's obvious Georgia's the more talented team. I think Georgia's the better team. I think all around Georgia's is, I mean, miles ahead better. What worries me in a game against Alabama is this. I think Georgia will definitely bring their best stuff offensively. I think offensively they will come out and have a great first half. I think their first half will be, I mean, just pretty dominant offensively. My thing is is I'm worried about a game like Alabama versus LSU where your offense just comes out and both offenses is just touchdown, 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 touchdown. And then you go into halftime and – you're like, well, what do you tell your offense? Your offense is scoring, so you're not going to make any adjustments. But then Nick Saban on his defense, I mean, it's a different – that first half Alabama team versus the second half Alabama team, Alabama team, people talk about Georgia in the second half. No, Alabama in the second half has been the best team in the country for the past six weeks. They're the best team by far. They blow people out of the water in the second half because that defense tightens up. That offense keeps rolling, and, I mean, they're almost un- – so I'm worried about going into a game against Alabama because I think if it's a two-quarter football game, Georgia beats them, but it's not. And I'm worried about – because we've seen it time and time again. I mean, you look back all the way back to 2018 in the national championship game. I mean, Georgia's shutting them out like 13 to nothing, and – they come out with, I mean, with the drastic and almost at the time idiotic decision to put in the backup quarterback, and look what happens there. I mean, it's just, I you have no idea what you're going to get into with a game against Alabama, but you know it's going to be a fight, and you know it's going to be a game that goes down to the end, and that's really what's concerned me right now. Yeah, it's it's never going to be easy to beat Alabama ever. I mean, no doubt. I mean, they're going to play until the end, and it's going to be a one one touchdown, one field goal game. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Well, Russ, that's going to do it for today's episode of Dog Football Weekly. We hope you enjoy.